Ladies, you are blessed. We love you. And it's my honor today um, to be uh, able to share this morning with a very special lady um, in my life as well. She is the mom to my two kids. Um, some have referred to her as the first lady of real life. I don't know that that's kind of, but uh, in many ways, she is definitely the first lady in our life, um, in our hearts. And so today, I'm going to be sharing uh, the word today on our series still of I've Got Questions uh, with my wonderful wife, Debbie, would you give her a hand today as she comes and shares with us today? Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Um, I always look forward to these moments. Um, most of the time, I am more quiet or maybe unseen than seen. And one of the things that... Um, why I think I love Mother's Day so much, it's really for women in general. Um, what I have to share and what God laid upon my heart to share with everyone um, is really for every woman here. And I hope that you'll be able to hear what it is that God um, has to say, because it's not me. It's really what God has given me to share um, with you. And so one of the things that we, as Jim already said, is we're talking about, I have questions. Does anyone here ever, it's kind of, I'm looking out there, <laughs> have you ever in your life reached a season where you had a question? Yes? Yes. A question that maybe took you completely by surprise, something that happened in your life that you never expected. Well, what I want to talk to you about today is life is made up of different seasons. This is so up high, I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm short-legged. Seasons, and it's made up of different seasons. And these seasons, that's that okay. You, man. <laughs> it's for the there tall we ones. There. there we go. Okay, now, now I'm down. Now it's too low? <laughs> now it's good. I'm good. <laughs> Things you don't think about before church, right? Yes, yes. But I was thinking about the different seasons in our lives, and right now we are entering into the spring and the summer, which we all here in Erie absolutely love, don't we? <laughs> okay, we, we can't wait for those seasons. And this seasonal change, and that's really what is, what God laid upon my heart is as a mother or as a woman or even as a person in general, we all experience different seasons. We're all going to walk through different times in our lives, and every one of them have a purpose. Sometimes we don't like them. Sometimes they can challenge us. Um... And there are many times that some seasons may take you by surprise, right? So what do we do in those seasons? What happens? What is it that God wants to do in and through our lives? Um, what I want to share with you that is that every season is beautiful, that there's nothing that takes God by surprise. It may take us by surprise, but God sees and knows all. So the most beautiful part is, even as we sang, it's 
in these seasons, and sometimes you may find yourself in the fire in the season, to know that you are never alone. This is when the refining in our lives, in our spirit, in our homes, in, in the community, that God wants our faith to be refined and to shine bright. So what I want to share with you a little bit about is a time in my life when God chose to refine me in the fire. And I don't know about you, but I didn't really appreciate God (laughs) in those moments. You see, I don't know how many mama bears are here, but it's interesting how in life our faith may be tested, and many of you here know that I had cancer, and in that season of my life, even though I had cancer, my faith stood strong. I didn't waver in my faith. Yeah, I think in the fact that um, Debbie tells the story a lot of times when, when we were at the Hershey Medical Center and they actually had her in the gurney and we were with the doctor outside of the operating room doors um, and, you know, they were, they were about to wheel her in for surgery. It lasted about seven hours. Um, and the, her last words to me were, it's not cancer, Jim. It's, it's not. I mean, her faith in, you know, in the months and the days leading up to that and the strength that God gave her in that moment um, was that she was just still believing. And so I think like all of us, we find, and whether it's something like that that really grabs your attention or sometimes the, the building of our life that we wonder that it just doesn't, like, when's the next hit going to come and, and what's it going to be that we kind of wonder, God, like, what are you doing? And then I think, again, as Debbie said, it kind of challenges, like, where is my strength or where is my faith in the midst of some of these seasons that we go through in life? And, and obviously, we are in a four-season region here And so it's very plain for us to see, and as much as we would love in our spiritual life to remain in the the beautiful seasons, we know that there are some dark and cold seasons that happen in our life, and and what takes place in those moments or the questions that we have, I think, need to be talked about. I mean, hopefully, you know, the part of real life is that we don't shy away from them or we only think, you know, it's, hey, it's only sunshine um, that, 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 you know, we talk about, but recognizing that we all have questions through some of the dark and challenging times in our life, too. Yeah, and that was a season in my life that really my faith was stronger, I think, the most Mm. um, in those moments. And as a mother, there was other experiences in my life where I I experienced loss, betrayal, um, hurt, And even in those seasons, because that's part of what happens in life, um, my faith still stood very, very strong. But it was in a moment as a mother that broke me. It was in a moment when I watched my son break in a way that we never saw him break before. And... It's a season that now I'm able to look back on, and that's really what I want to share about, is how in the midst of the fire, how you feel and how you view God 
is a choice of what's going to happen next. You see, the pain that I experienced as a mother was a pain that I think every mother here can understand that go ahead, hurt me, go ahead, attack me, but if you touch my child, <laughs> that's a different story because the mama bear comes out. Which is, which is I think, a wonderful and unique character that, that God births inside of, of, of you ladies, right? You moms, obviously, as a protector and, and the different values that God uh, gives to us. And I, and I think that those are the moments that even when they are most severe, uh, we can allow that pain to break us or we think that it's in that moment that there are questions that we have to get answered, right? When, when we may be angry at God um, or we are questioning him in light of that we can't see beyond the situation. And, and obviously when it hits close to home, those tend to be the most devastating moments. And I think as, as Debbie will continue to share, I think as, as much as she was so strong through significant moments of our marriage and of our life. Um, and I know that you're not going to believe this, but sometimes even our marriage all went through difficulty. Um, I'm not always the nice guy all the time, right? And uh, there were a lot of things and, and the moments that she persevered, even in our relationship, we've talked about that in some of our, our marriage seminars as well. And yet, you know, it was always her strength, her strength, her strength that has been such a huge bond, not only in her life, but, but over our whole family. But then to see my wife kind of totally lose it, you know, again, for, for a season, for a moment, and not being able to put all the pieces. And again, she could be strong over, again, maybe our marriage or uh, over some of the ministry things that may have happened that, that were hurtful or all those kind of things. But, but during this season, when it happened to one of our kids, was just this big moment of really struggle that, that you walk through, right? Yeah, it was that moment when um, everything that I grew up and when you grow up in the church, you know, one of the things that was really instilled into our hearts, both of us, is that if you live for God with everything that you've had, you have, that you serve him, that you are faithful to him, that God will be faithful back. Now, in my mind, just to help you understand, and I don't know if anybody else thinks this way, but when somebody says that to me, even growing up in the church, I'm thinking pretty much I'm put in a safe bubble. Like, nothing's going to hurt me. Nothing's going to touch my family because I'm doing the very best I can for the kingdom, for God. And so everything inside is me. I'm giving it my all. I'm going to serve God with everything I have. And you know what, God? You said you'd be faithful. You said that you would protect, that you would be with us. Now that is what I believed with everything inside of me. So when this season hit, it was the first time in my life that I questioned God. It was the first time in my life that I had to take a few steps back and say, who are you? Because I don't know this God. The God I thought I knew would protect my child. 
And it was a very difficult season because we were still building the church here. God was calling us to do work here. And I knew in my heart that it's not something, once again, that I could share with anyone. Um, so for a while, I wasn't able to share with anyone. And then I was able, I eventually did share with someone. And I remember we had a conversation one moment, and this was when I realized how angry I was at God. And I'm being real, I was angry at him. I did not understand. And so I, the words that she said to me, and I know that she meant it with love, with care, in really wanting to help me. It's the words that sometimes within the church we say just flippantly, not understanding how it really touches another person. And those words was, always remember that God will take what the devil or the enemy means for harm and he'll turn it for good. Now, that's true, okay? <laughs> that is 100% true. But in the moment as a mom, that is not what I wanted to hear. I did not want to hear or understand that the God that I knew, the God that I loved, the God that I was serving, chose to allow my child to be harmed that would affect his life forever. It wasn't something that could be undone. It wasn't something that he chose to, to do for himself. It wasn't that he was out somewhere that he shouldn't have been. He was in church. He was with people of the church. So where were you, God? I'm just being real. That's what I felt. And God, if you're that kind of God, then you know what? I don't know you, and I don't know if I want to know you. And those were some tough moments. And I never thought that would happen to me. I really didn't. And I do remember as I was sitting there and I was praying and I was asking God and I was just saying, you know what, God? You're going to have to help me in this right now season because I know I have to do ministry here. I know you're still calling me. I know there's work that I have to do here. And that is just an automatic reaction inside of me. And I did not want to, to let that fall because I understood that there were broken people walking through these doors too. So God, what exactly do you want me to do? Because I don't understand. And in that moment, I, I, I had this clear time. It was, a, it was this exact day that when I had this conversation with my friend, I remember I said to her with such anger, and it's probably the only time she heard me so angry, and I said, don't ever say that to me again, because if that's the God you're talking about, then I don't even know who he is. Now, this is being real. Okay? Let's be real. Sometimes we walk through these doors and we all want to pretend that we got it all together. And people, we don't have it all together. There is things in this world that will come at us. There are things in this world that are going to touch us. And it's going to be unfair. And it's going to be hurtful. And it's going to be blatantly evil at times. 
So what do we do in those moments? What do we do? And I, I remember I hung up the phone that day, and I never even really talked or shared this that much with my husband because he was walking and trying to process everything along and trying to carry everything that, like, even in our marriage, we didn't even know how to process everything to move forward. But we just keep going. You know, you kind of put it on autopilot <laughs> in life, and you just keep going. But in the going, there's pain inside. There's questions inside. There's a story in the Bible that we all know. It's called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, and it's a story that many times is told in the children's church area. And we always, you know, talk about being in the fire. As I was preparing for this, one of the, the things that really stood out to me in this story is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego loved God. No matter what was happening in their lives, they loved God. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, wanted to decide that it was time to worship him, worship gods, do what, what, what an ungodly king wanted. So Nebuchadnezzar chose to build or set a time aside so everyone would bow down and worship a god. Him. Because he felt he was God. To his people. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in the midst of those, decided to stand up strong. See, a lot of times, even in the world today, things are going to come at us. People are going to try to make you bow. And the enemy is really good at doing that the most. So, what he will do is he will cause them to say, okay, make a decision. Are you going to bow or are you going to stand? Because if you stand, you're going to be made fun of. If you're going to be stand, everybody's going to call you out. If you're going to stand, something's going to happen in your life. That may not be good. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided to stand knowing the consequences. The consequences was they were going to be thrown in a fire. I don't know how many here have been given that opportunity to say stand or be thrown in a fire, physical fire. None of us have. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. And it was in that season or that time in their lives that they had to choose who were you going to serve. Now, this is what God showed me in this because many of us already know this story and it's a powerful part. I shared this with, with my husband and, and how much it really opened my eyes to help us understand that, the, that God did not, and this is the thing, there was a word and I kind of want to say that in that moment, okay, when they were had the, to be thrown into the fire, their words were, even if God did not show up in the fire, I will not bow. Even if. I think that's the most powerful two words in that whole message. Even if God did not show up. See, I was putting stipulations on who I said God was. 
and how God should show up because of what I chose to believe. And it was in that moment when God then revealed to me that how many of us in this room want God to stop us from going into the fire? How many people would want God to show up before you set foot into the fire? But if you read that story, God showed up when they were thrown in the fire. They had to go into the fire, and then God showed up. And what God was telling me is there's going to be seasons in life, every one of us in this room is going to find themselves in the fire. What do you do in that season? And that's where I was. Yeah, and I think that, I, I think that's just pretty germane to all of our lives. And, and I think the challenge, or one of the questions that, that probably will never end in church uh, when we have difficulty, you know, when we're suffering, when, when the story turns against us, and obviously there are probably a lot of why God or why me kind of stories, and, and yet sometimes we don't want to look at how many of the stories, right, that, that people had to walk through stuff for for God to show up or continue to walk in. We mentioned a few weeks ago, you know, Paul talked about his thorn in the flesh and like, God, when are you going to get rid of this? When can this stop? When can this nagging pain? And, and God simply said, my grace is going to be sufficient for you. You're going to walk in suffering. You're going to walk in pain. And maybe as the church, um, you know, maybe we haven't answered this question enough or it, whatever the answer is, right? We know the, the answer is, is God always shows up, but, uh, you know, our belief in the timing or, or the pathway that God has for us, maybe we just don't talk enough about that. And that's one of the fears sometimes, like, in, in church is that, you know, it's just the desire to keep everybody happy or to keep, you know, all the bad stuff away, when we're really honest, there's a lot of bad stuff that we walk through, and I think what people want to know is how, you know, how can I not, how can I avoid certain things, right? That's there, there's a lot to that, but how can I endure um, when, when I go through some of these difficulties? And I don't know if you'll be able to pull it up, um, but, but Debbie was sharing with me, right, although they believed, right, you said something to me yesterday, even though they believed, there was something more to that, right? Um, and I can't remember the other word that you said, because you said, like, even the demons believe, right? Like, we, we realize, like, just believing, is that enough? I believe, I believe, I believe, is that enough? But, but we recognize that, that although they believed God could do it or God could save them, unfortunately, that wasn't what was going to happen in that moment. They were going to get thrown into this furnace, right? So it, it's sometimes beyond even just our belief that it has to hit even in the moments of difficulty that we walk through in life, to recognize that they could say, but even if, but even if, I know that somehow, God, you're going to bring glory out of this or something is going to happen and there's going to be a moment and a lesson for me to endure even through these dark and, and painful times. Yeah, and I think that was the, the part, and I'm going to share really um, the video because I'm going to back, I'm going to go a little back to the telephone call with my friend. Because after I hung up with my friend, I remember I was sitting, uh, I, I started weeping. And I couldn't stop weeping. 
I had all these emotions inside of me, but my weeping wasn't in sadness. My weeping was in anger. I was angry, angry, angry. And I did not know how to process what I was feeling. And so I just sat down and I prayed. I said, God, you're going you're to have to help me. You're going to have to help me. And for some reason, back in that time, I chose to pull up YouTube and start just doing some searches and saying, God, is there something, like something has to touch me right now. I am feeling so dead and so numb inside, and I don't know how to move forward. And it was in that moment that a video came up. And I'm going to play it for you um, in closing. But there's a beautiful part to the story because why I was so angry is in my mind, in my infinite mind, you would say, I could not understand how God understood what I was feeling. You know, we say it in the church all the time, God sees, God understands. You know, Jesus has walked through so much in life that he carried all of our sins. So he has to understand what, you know, every season, every difficulty, every unfairness, Jesus is supposed to have felt that. In that moment, I, I just couldn't comprehend that. I went, how, how, how has Jesus even felt this? Like, where were you? I don't understand at all. And it was in that moment when I played this video, and it hit me so hard. It's a portion of the passion of Christ in his crucifixion. And I remember I was sitting there, and I wept. I truly, truly wept. And I could not stop weeping. I watched it over and over and over again until a healing bomb touched and pierced my heart. Because I understood that there was a mother who understood, who had a son. His name was Jesus. He was unjustly convicted, crucified, humiliated. And he did nothing wrong. And that relation kind of transferred to me as a mother to go, my anger was coming from because my child did nothing wrong. How could you? How could you? not show up. And I think the most beautiful part of this story that God has this season, I guess, in my life is he has pulled back the veil of who I thought he was to who I know he is today. It was in that fire that he made himself known, that he is faithful, 
that no matter what, Mary had to watch her child suffer. And I think the thing that broke my heart, and I shared this with my husband, was it helped me to understand that Jesus is the only human that suffered in such a horrific way. But I want you guys to hear this. He also was the only one that his father turned his head to. And he had to carry it alone. What he carried, he carried with not his father's presence, peace, comfort, love with him. And see, every one of us in this room, no matter what we walk through, cancer, no matter what we walk through, betrayals, no matter what we walk through as mama bears with our kids, no matter what happens in our marriage, no matter what happens in our life, God will show up. He doesn't turn his head because Jesus, his son, is interceding on our behalf. And there is nothing we go through in this world alone ever alone. Amen. And that is the most beautiful part of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, as Debbie was talking to me about kind of this idea of obviously this, this mother factor in, in, in the story, and I, I was just starting to read through some really familiar beginnings of, in Luke, and, and it, as it really honed in this decision and what, what you'll see in the closing video today of just this mother's heart. You know, there, there's so many words that have been spoken, so many sermons that have been preached and all around the birth of Christ. And yet when we think about these questions, you know, that, that Mary had a lot of questions in the story. Um, in just chapter one, it says that when her relative was, was actually pregnant with John the Baptist and, and, and all of these things, like she found out, like Mary found out that that she was going to be pregnant, right? So it was a, obviously it was a big moment from an angelic sense in this message, but she lived in a very real world that would have been very different in, in people's expression of what kind of woman she was. Uh, would they really understand that God would place Jesus inside of her, right? Would, would she be able to be fully understood when she told everyone that, that she would carry the, the Son of God or would she be laughed at? Would she be stoned, right? We, we know that kind of the angst that was going on in some of those decisions. So, so she met up um, with, with her relative, and, and she said this in verse, chapter 1, verse 43, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And, and she, from this young girl, she had these questions about what was happening in her life, what what kind of understanding or praise or this idea that, that although they would be carrying John the Baptist, who would be the precursor to her son, what, what made this whole situation? Um, what, what changed? What, what was this? And it started the questions in her life. 
she found favor and faith, like, like Debbie talked about, right? Then we, we read about what's described as Mary's song, right? That, that when she heard that, she said, my soul rejoices, and, and I recognize that I've been highly favored or called. And so she kind of undertook, even though she may not understood everything that was happening and that was going to take place, she recognized that, that she heard something from the Lord. And we could think, wow, that kind of turned from darkness to daylight, and, and how wonderful and how great that that would be. But then we realize that as the story moves on, that the shepherds were out in the field and the angels proclaimed that tonight something amazing was going to take place and that they would find this Messiah, they would find this child wrapped in swaddled clothes and they ran. And then just a few verses later in chapter two, it says this, and all who heard this from the shepherds, they were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary And I know you've heard this, but I want you to think in light of what we're talking about today. But Mary treasured up all of these things and what? Pondered them in her heart. She questioned still. I've got questions. I mean, here's this big, miraculous God moment. I mean, shepherds flying in from the fields like, you're not going to believe what we heard. You're not going to believe what we just saw. How did we even find you what was going to take place? And still in these moments, Mary finding like a low point, a high point, back to maybe a low point, questioning and wondering, like, is this really the way that the Son of God would be born? I mean, look at the conditions of where we're at. Look who's coming to tell me that the Messiah is going to be born. It's not regal. It's not royalty. It's not other kingdoms that are showing up. It's the lowliest of the low. Shepherds were like way down on the pecking order, and they were the ones to announce to me that that shit in the world is going on. Like how, how is this ever going to fully come to fruition? And then I read just a few verses down, which sometimes we bypass in the story to verse 25, and it says this. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was a righteous and devout man. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts at just at the same time that Mary and Joseph, after the birth of Jesus, were bringing their little infant to the temple for this ceremonial rite, rite passage. So when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon rejoiced and he took this little baby in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, You may now dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, Simeon was like, I can die now. Like, this is the promise. Like, like the Holy Spirit was on me. Like, what would have been the chances, right? We know that there aren't chances. God was orchestrating this promise that he made to Simeon. You're not going to die until you see the Messiah. Little did he know in that moment that as he was going to the temple that day, that the Messiah was going to show up. And the Holy Spirit, like, leapt inside of him. And he grabs this child and says, you've done it, God. This is the promise. And again, just remember moments before Mary is pondering and questioning everything that is going on. And she sees this as maybe another another high point in the story. Wow, this prophet of God took my child and blessed him and all of these pieces, I guess maybe all of this craziness is all coming together. 
And this will be a sign to all nations, in light for a revelation to the Gentiles, that the glory of all people will come through my people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about their son. And then we want to read these last verses. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. Didn't say it to Joseph, but said it to Mary. This child is destined to cause the failing and the rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that it will be spoken against. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then he says this. And then a sword will pierce your soul as well. You know, I don't know that I ever read those verses in light of what we're talking about today. You know, we want to think, man, I'm blessed, right? Mary's song. How great that I'm going to have this opportunity to give birth to the Son of God. But there were a lot of people that were going to question it during her pregnancy time. In fact, Joseph even took her away because of the rage and the, the outrage that could have been directed towards her. And yet, she had belief and faith. And then the prophet shows up and says, man, God finally came through and this is it. I can die in peace because he certainly is the one. And then he looks at her and says, your child is going to be destroyed. He's going to cause a dividing line for all generations. It's not all going to be good. There are going to be some dark times. And I want you to know as a mother, there's going to be a sword for you as well. I don't know how many moms kind of would say amen to that, right? But we would say, what in the world are you doing? And what really sparked this whole transformation for Debbie was the story of this mother in the midst of all of the chaos, in the midst of all of the fire that she would have to walk through and watch her son walk through, know that God and his word not only to her was going to be faithful and that as a mom, that she would be faithful to the very end. Even if there is a sword coming for me, my child is going to go before me. I'm going to protect this child. I'm going to be there for him no matter what the difficulty is. Little did she know, I'm sure in the moment, of what she's just looking at a little baby in swaddling clothes at this point. Little, I'm sure, would she ever imagine in that moment what kind of mother that she was going to be in his most difficult moment. And that was what really changed and transformed this dark moment in this mother. And we want you to know today that there is a God that is there for every one of us, not only in the good times, but in some of these most difficult moments in life. In 1 Peter 1, 7 through 9, it says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, So when your faith remains strong, remember what I said in the beginning, those seasons when I was able to stay strong, this was a time right here that God was testing me with my faith. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day 
when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You see, it's in those moments, instead of anger or bitterness, I had to choose to either grow in faith and character, allowing God to refine me, my husband, my child in the fire. I promise you, sit with him. Allow his presence, allow his power to touch your heart. Because no matter what we go through, he has promised us, as we have said, that he will never leave us. And he will never, ever fail us. And even though you may feel like I felt, like he let you down, like he failed. I want you to know that God is faithful. See, there were many years in between that my son had to walk through some very dark times. I'm not going to lie. And it all goes back to what happened when he was a child. But as a parent, I had a responsibility to not allow bitterness, unforgiveness, and anger to stop me from being the mother that God meant me to be. It was in those years that I was on my knees interceding on his behalf. Because I knew the God that I served was going to show up and heal like he just healed me. And that's really what I want to share with you today as a mother, maybe even as a parent, no matter where you're at in life. God says, call on me and I will be found. So this Mother's Day, no matter what you're going through, I promise you that God will be faithful. Don't give up. Don't surrender. Let the faith that you have already established be refined in the fire. If anyone wants to be prayed for, I'm going to be up here. There is going to be um, fellowship. You guys, ladies, you're going to get your ice cream. But I want to spend some time, if there's anyone here that just needs someone to pray with them, because maybe you were where I was, where I just couldn't see past the pain. I want you to know that I understand, and I just want to be here for you. So God, I just pray that, Lord, as we end this service, we want to thank you, first of all, for what you have done for us. Sometimes we go through life and we forget your story. That our story seems to take more prominent than yours. And God, we're sorry for that. So God, I just pray that, Lord, you help to remind us on this Mother's Day of how faithful you are. That how much you love us, that you made a way by even the most hurtful moments that somebody could experience was through your son. 
in having to watch your son suffer in the way that he did for us. Not because he did anything wrong, but because we did. And so, God, I just pray that each and every one of us here will embrace your heart, your love, your forgiveness, and all that you have done for each and every one of us. May you be with every mother this day in a special way. Bless them. May their children love them and honor them in a powerful way today. And God will give you glory and will give you honor. In your name we ask. Amen.